Hi there, and welcome to the Nordic Natural Beauty Podcast. In this podcast, we share all things Nordic and natural, such as Nordic skincare tips, insights into the natural beauty industry, and unheard behind-the-scenes stories. Make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button so you won't miss the coming episodes. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Nordic Natural Beauty Podcast. My name is Satu Mäkinen and I'm the founder of Nordic Natural Beauty Awards, the first of its kind beauty challenge showcasing the incredible 100% natural cosmetics from the Nordic countries. We're now on our second season of the podcast where we are getting to know the brands and the people behind some of the nominee products of the Nordic Natural Beauty Awards 2021. And today I'm chatting with Tony Irving, one of the most popular entertainers and dance profiles in Sweden. He's also the man behind the idea of Sweden Echo, a Swedish natural skincare brand for men. There is quite a story behind founding the brand, but I will let Tony himself explain better what Sweden Echo is all about and how it came to be. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Nordic Natural Beauty Podcast, Tony. Um, really nice to chat with you. Thanks, Natalie. It's nice to meet you too. Well, we could perhaps start to talk a little bit about your background. Um, how did you come to the skincare and beauty industry? Well, okay, I'll start from the beginning, <laughs> I guess. Um, I'm a ballroom and Latin dancer originally so from the north of England. Mm. So it's it's my roots are in the entertainment and sports business because that's been my two parallel careers. I moved to the States uh, when I was a young man and lived for 10 years in California. And while I was there, I on, on top of doing the dance business and competing, I worked as a, a, a group trainings instructor at a gym. So a lot of my life is about the way my body is, the way my body looks and the way I look. And and I guess I can say that I'm quite a very a, quite a vain person. <laughs> my my looks and my body have always been a very uh, important thing <laughs> to me. Um, and I, I a lot of it stems from being involved in dancing. Mm. I had a teacher when I was young that said to me, "There's no such thing as an ugly champion," and it it kind of stuck. It it took me on a journey of always being aware of what I eat, uh, what I um, trained, what I put on my, my body for creams, what I did for my face. And I didn't really know much about it. So I followed whatever trend was available. If there was a diet, I took the diet. If there was a cream that came out that would make you look younger and was anti-wrinkle, I bought it and tried everything. Yeah. Um, and when I got to being around 30, I was 35, actually, I did uh, my first surgery. Mm. Um, I did a liposuction where I removed five liters of fat from my body. Okay. I'd stopped dancing, gone up in weight and thought that this would be a quick fix and did the liposuction. And then I started a journey where I did uh, three hair transplantations because I was losing my hair and I wanted to keep it. And then I wanted to make sure if I lost more, I would still have hair. And then I started the fillers journey. Um, and I went very much into that at the beginning. And then I started to realize that this isn't what I wanted. 
This was a quick fix for a problem that was on the inside of me. I wasn't happy. Mm. Um, so I started going in counselling to try and figure out what was at the bottom of this. What was my reason for this fixation and this desire to um, try and stay young yeah. and not be happy with where I was in my life? And at the same time as I started that journey, I found out that my father had just got prostate cancer. Oh. My sister and my uh, brother's wife had both been diagnosed with different forms of cancer. And all this was within a 12-month period. We started as a family having discussions about uh, what can be behind cancer, what can cause cancer. And my father worked in a business where aluminium was a part of his everyday life. And we started the, the discussion about what products are, are, have aluminium. And strangely enough, I went, I, I work a lot in Sweden with TV. Mm. So I work with a TV program, which is the Swedish version of Strictly Come Dancing. I'm one of the judges on the program. And I was invited to a program which is called Foot by Odd, which is where uh, different TV personalities can compete against each other doing. Uh, strange things <laughs> and when I arrived there I was given a, a a welcome bag which was full of different products and I'd forgotten my deodorant so in in the bag was a deodorant that was from an uh, a company that produced an ecological deodorant and I'd never seen an ecological deodorant before and was fascinated by the fact that it didn't have aluminium now we're talking 10 years ago hmm. So I, I I tried it and it actually worked. Now as a as a dancer and a performer, <laughs> sweating is part of my everyday life. So having a, a deodorant that meant that I I was a little bit drier, but I was also didn't stink. I was really happy for fact <laughs> that it was ecological and miss it and it didn't have the aluminium, which a lot of deodorants and antiperspirants have. So I, I met a man that worked a lot with healthy products and he became kind of a mentor for me. And he started me on a journey first about ecological food. And that was when I started to get into how I eat and what I put inside myself and the nutrients and the way it's grown. Mm. And then I, I was at a lecture when I heard somebody say that your skin is the body's biggest organ. And what you put on your skin is absorbed into your body and has a re reaction internally. Now, I'd never really thought about this. I'd never heard it before. I'd just seen my skin as this covering that gets aged, a bit like the body on a car. And you can fix it and trick it to make it look younger. But I'd never really thought about the effect that it has on the inside, that everything gets absorbed. And at that point, I started to become aware of alternative products, products that when I used them would not just have an effect on my skin, but would also have a positive uh, effect or not disturb things internally. Yeah. And I became more aware of natural products and ecological products. And then I started to focus on ecological products. And there were a, a, a few things that I started to get irritated about. One of the simple things is the fact that when I started this journey, and I were talking 10 years ago, most of the products were aimed at women. Yep. 
So the man that wanted ecological products, I couldn't find products that were directed to me as a customer. I couldn't find products that had a smell that I wanted on my body because the smells were all flowery and blossomy and rosy. um, And I didn't necessarily want to smell like that. The packets, I didn't necessarily want to be at the gym and pull out a packet that was pink or blue or powder blue. It, it, you know, it, it, it just wasn't attractive to me as a, a product packaging. And so I started to become aware of the fact that I want ecological products, but nobody's selling to me. Hmm. Uh, and even the products that were there for men were directed for women to buy for men yeah exactly yeah now i'm i'm gay so i live with my husband and at our house there's no woman Mm. so you're selling a product for a woman to buy for a man there's nobody in my house that's going to buy it yeah exactly so so we discussed this and i was like okay what can i do about this maybe i can do something about this and at the same time i started to notice i was buying a lot of products I was buying an eye product. I was buying a hair product, another hair product. I was, and, and my cupboards literally were just shelves packed with different products for different purposes. My husband and I had a discussion about when we were kids, our parents used to have a soap on a rope. Now, this is it's really weird, <laughs> but it's a rope that hanged in your bathroom and the soap was on the rope and you use that soap for everything. You washed your hair with it, you washed your body with it, you washed your hands with it, you washed your face with it. And if your collar on a shirt was dirty for school, that soap came out and got used on that collar for your shirt as well. Yeah. And and we discussed, why do we buy so many different products? Why can't we have everything like a soap on a rope? I started an idea for, for myself of what would happen if I stopped thinking about what I can sell people. If I want to do a business and I want to do a product, What if it's not about getting people to buy all the time? Hmm. Because most products that I were buying lasted for about a month, five weeks, and then the product was finished after I used it daily, which meant that on a yearly basis, I'd buy an average of 11 or 12 packages. Well, that's a lot, especially if it's plastic. Hmm. That's a, a lot of packages I have to buy and the company has to produce. So what if I could produce a product that you only need to buy four times a year? I then get rid of 60% of the packaging. What happens if I can produce a product that the packaging is made from reused, recycled plastics? Yeah. Okay, I do two things. I create a product that people need to buy less. I create fewer packages and I make them from a partly reusable or from a reusable uh, recycled system. Good. Now I've got a good packaging. Mm. What happens instead of producing 15 products with all different things, I can minimize the quantity of products by making everything be at least two functions in a product. Mm. So that way it's Less packaging I have to produce, less packaging the customer buys, less packaging that needs to be recycled. Make it with recycled plastics. And at the same time, fewer products, 
because the products are multifunctional means, again, fewer production of packaging, less environmental effect. Yep. So then we started to look at the products and I said, OK, as a man, what do I do? Well, I want to wash my hair. I want to moisturize my hair. I want to condition my hair and I want to shower. OK, I need a product that will have uh, good for my hair, good for my body and uh, moisturize and condition my hair. Some, at the same time, can I produce a product that will also moisturize my body while I'm showering? Mm. So I don't have to think about moisturizing my body after the shower. Okay, if I can get all that in one package, I've got one product. So that's why we made our shampoo for hair and body, um, which is basically a product that is moisturizing and conditioning at the same time. Mm. That was the first product we found. And because I'd had my hair transplants, I was very aware of I'd, I'd gone through all that hassle of having that hair put back there. I didn't want to lose it again. <laughs> the, the quality of the product became very important for me on a personal level. And that's how we started to build the products. The next product we looked at was, well, all men like to shave or need to shave. Mm. Or even if they've got a beard, they need to trim it. So the, the shaving process, well, the shaving process, it's about a cleansing process. It's about closing the pores. It's about moisturizing. So there's three steps. You wash and shave, you close your pores, and you moisturize. And you need three products. When we looked at the shaving, we said, okay, most men today want to or need to wet shave because of beards. There are those that still want to dry shave. But if we look at wet shaving, I can produce a soap that is both a soap that I can wash with and a soap that I can shave with. The catch when you make an ecological product for shaving is that the chemicals that they use in the cans that allow it to become very foamy, they don't exist in the ecological world. So we made the soap that you can both wash with and that you can use to shave with. But then we needed to find a brush. So we produced our own shaving brush so that it's made from uh, bamboo and recycled plastic. And you literally have to use the brush to make the foam if you want to shave. But then we also needed a system where, okay, where do I make the foam? So we put the soap in a can. So when you open the can, the lock of the can becomes the bowl where you can make the foam. So it became all tied up together as a multifunctional product again, and it became a two-in-one product. Yeah. And then we looked further and said, okay, in that product, if a person has a beard, there needs to be moisturizing for the beard. So we included oils in the soap that will soften the beard um, at the same time or moisturize the face as you are shaving. But then we realize there are a lot of people that want to keep their beard and don't like to shave with soap. It's become quite popular to shave with oil. So we also created as an alternative to the soap, a natural oil, which is both a shaving and a beard oil Mm. and a body oil. So you can use it on dry parts of the body. You can use it on your intimate areas. You can use it on your beard and you can use it just as a shaving product for your face. 
Um, so that became the third product. And then the fourth product we looked at and said, okay, I need to close my pores. But today, a lot of men already, are, they're very aware of what aftershave, what smell they want to have, what perfume or deodorant or, or the toilet that they want, want to have on their bodies. So we wanted to create uh, an aftershave that wasn't really an aftershave. We didn't want alcohol. So I looked at it and said, okay, we need something that closes the pores, but also refreshes the skin. So it can be used during the daytime. And because I'm always on stage, I'm always in TV, or like a lot of other people, I'm always behind my computer screen. I'm always in a light that's drying my skin. So we thought, okay, we'll make both an uh, an aftershave tonic and a refresher in one product. So I can use it to close the pores after I've shaved, or I can use it just to refresh my skin quickly during the daytime when I'm on, on the go. Uh, and that's how we came up with our uh, aftershave refresher. Mm. And then the next product we looked at was the moisturizer. What, what, how do we get a moisturizer? Okay, I've got my eye cream, I've got my night cream, I've got my day cream, I've got my body cream. And I literally looked at everything and just went, I want it all in one. I want everything in one. I just want one moisturizer that I can use everywhere. And that's what we did. We, we created a multifunctional moisturizer that can be used anywhere on the body. Yep. And then the last product that we, we created was the deodorant. And it became a full circle for me. It was going back to the product that started my journey of finding ecological products. And it was creating a, a deodorant that was based on salts that would have a slight drying function and a non-smelling function. <laughs> we created the deodorant, which gave us our complete line. And it meant that we could maintain the philosophy that, that we started with, fewer products, and the products were multifunctional. And once we got all this, it started to be even more fun because we like, okay, what more can we do with this? Okay, we have to guarantee ourselves that it's completely ecological. And that's when I started to find out you can't make 100% ecological products. It's an impossibility. So how close can we get? Right, 99.5% is the closest we can get to 100% because there are certain things in the production chain that you cannot guarantee will not be affected by non-ecological products. So we, we have the purest ecological product we can make, but it's not 100%. It's about 99.2%. And that's the same for every ecological product. Yeah. And then we looked at, okay, what about the size of the products? And this, this was a really interesting discussion. And I, I noticed when I was at the gym and the dance studio, People didn't like to show what products they were using. They wanted a product. They had it in their hand. But it was almost like everybody was trying to hide the product so you couldn't see what people were using. And we said, well, what happens if we, we make small packages? We looked around and we said, where is the size of package important? And we came up with the airports. Mm. They don't want to check in a lot of the toiletries. They want it in their hand baggage or they just want to check in a hand baggage. And then it was 100 milliliters that was the limit that you could take. And a 100 milliliter packet is just the size that I can get in my hand and hold 
without people being able to see what the product is. So we said, okay, we need to make the packaging just big enough to sit in your hand, but not big enough so that people can see what it is. So we, we made all of our products apart from the shampoo in that size. But how did we make it that size and still be concentrated enough that the product would last for three to three and a half months for usage? So then we decided that we wouldn't put any water, extra water in the products. So in a lot of products, you'll find that the main ingredient is a large percentage of water. And we chose not to add any water to the products at all. So they are an extremely concentrated product and, and the small packaging and the, the concentration means that we can still get the three to four month usage. And you need to use very, very little of them to get a, a desired effect. And that basically meant that we'd created a product that had a complete concept from packaging to a product. The thing was, things started to change and we started to look at the vegan requirements and decided that, well, this is something that we believe in. We think it's an important thing and we will add and guarantee that all our products are vegan. Yep. And we discussed it and we were kind of, if a kid picks this up and accidentally puts it in their mouth, there is nothing to panic about. If your dog bites it, because I'm a dog person, I've got two dogs at home, mm. and I know that sometimes I'll drop stuff and my dogs pick it up. And it was okay if my dog accidentally bites the package and digests it, or a child picks it up, there's nothing to worry about. You don't have to start stressing about chemicals in the product. So it was okay. So we make a product that is ecological and it's vegan. And the content of the product if you should digest it, you can do. Yeah, it's safe. It's safe. And that became another thing that we added to the concept of the products. And then when we started to look at it, you know, I grew up in England. And in, in England, we're very proud of being British. <laughs> and I think everybody knows that sometimes we're proud of being British to a bit of an extreme. However, when you walk around England, you'll see signs that say, buy British. And I'm in Sweden. I've lived here for 25 years. And for me, it was, well, if I'm going to make a product in Sweden, why don't we do it as a Swedish product? I don't need to use ingredients from the other side of the world, which means it's even better for the environment. I can do locally sourced. Yeah. So then we said, OK, here's the ingredient list. Everything that we can has to be sourced in Sweden. And what we cannot get from Sweden we can get from a country close by, but not outside the European Union. That was what we decided to do. And that way we could also guarantee that the products and ingredients were fair trade. We now we created a product that was a Swedish product. It was ecological, vegan, had a, hell, a total concept and also fair trade. And it became, it started to become a lifestyle. It was it started going to low house lifestyle of health and sustainability became a, a, a talking point for us in the, the establishment of the product. And basically, then we, we started to look, now we have a product, how do we manufacture the product? And the, one of the partners 
in the concept is RS Bio Cosmetica. They have another product which is called Rosencerium. And they work with labs in Sweden. So again, it fit the Swedish trademark system. We started to use a, a lab in Östersund and we packed everything in Sweden. And we were back to, hmm. it's Sweden and it's Echo. What are we going to call this? And it just became Sweden Echo. It just naturally developed into a very simple trademark that for us communicated exactly what the product was. Everything about this product is Sweden and everything is Echo. And that's where we got the products and the name from. And I wanted to do it in another name. If I'm honest now, this is, I have, this is hilarious. I wanted to do it in my own name. So I really thought, you know, being on TV in Sweden, I really thought my ego was huge. I really thought, oh, I can do this. Tony Irving, skincare for men. So I went to my management company. My manager just looked at me and she went, you're off your head. Nobody in Sweden will buy a skincare product that says Tony Irving, skincare for men. <laughs> if you did a pair of tan shoes, they might buy those, but skincare, no. Don't, don't put it in your own name. So I went back to Karina, who is the chairman of the board and chief operating manager for RSBS Cosmetica. And she just said, no, it's okay. We'll find another name. <laughs> so that's how we got there. Yeah, that's quite a story, I have to say. Sorry, that's a long story. I, I can babble me, you know. <laughs> it's amazing. You really talked about the products already as well and the, let's say, main kind of ingredients, what's there. I haven't even got into the ingredients. Oh, my God, they're, I love them. <laughs> It's it's just the ingredients, Sato, you know, when you, you can look at aloe vera and, and just it is such an amazing base for a skincare product because the way that it allows the moisturizing the skin, the healing properties in the product, and then the green tea with its antioxidizing and the argan olea with its high vitamin A and vitamin E, it's it's just fantastic those are those are the the bases we have a lot of other ingredients in them as well but those are the four base are those are the base for all the products mainly or in all our products the four main ingredients are the aloe vera the green tea and the uh not aragon oil listen to me sorry not aragon oil it's the vegetable oils amazing and you have the um, your deodorant which seems to be a very special product for you as well personally it's uh nominated in the nordic natural beauty awards this year so congratulations on that as well um thank you would you like to tell a little bit more about this specific product well basically it's it's just a combination of different salts but it's the balance between the salts that allows for the absorption of sweat and stops the smell And the thing, again, it's the same thing about a deodorant. What you're really looking for is something that doesn't stop you sweating. And this is something that I realized as well. Sweating is a natural process. I can allow myself to be dry and not smell, but I don't want to stop the sweating process. Yeah. So our deodorant is literally what it says. It's a deodorant. It stops you smelling and it can keep you drier but it won't stop you sweating. And that is basically what you want in a product. Yeah, It's not working against the body, it's working with the body. Yeah, that's where there's a difference to the, let's say, conventional deodorants. An antiperspirant and deodorant, they have a blocking effect. They, they use chemicals to stop the perspiration, to stop you from sweating. 
And one of the things that I found with the journey when I started to look at carcinogenics, Hmm. uh, this was one of the negative things that I I was informed about. And it's something that became important to me that I need to sweat. It's a natural function of the body. I just don't want it to be in excess. And I don't want people to see it and I don't want people to smell it. So, So the deodorant came from that process, basically. Yeah. Exactly. How do you see the Swedish market when it comes to, well, natural cosmetics in general and then also men's care products? Well, I I think the last few years there's been a huge change. If we just look at the market, our products now, they're in the healthcare shops, they're in pharmacies, they're selling online, they're going in the main, what I call the mainstream shops. And this is a little bit the transition that Ecological has done in Sweden. It's going from being on the periphery to being in the centre. And a lot of the changes were coming before the pandemic and under the pandemic, people have become a lot more aware. I think the next few years, we're going to see a bigger swing towards locally sourced, more ecological products, more nationally based products, because people are much more aware now of, of how the product you choose has an effect on your environment your health, and the entire ecosystem. So I I see it as a growing market. Us men, we're a little bit behind the women when it comes to uh, awareness. We have a tendency to walk around a, a grocery store and just pick up the product that's the last on the corner of the shelf without looking at the ingredients, as long as it does the job. And men are becoming much more aware, especially younger men today. They're They're very aware of environment and health. And it's part of the training system as well. People are starting to train with a a health awareness instead of just for body beautiful. That transition you can see as well before training was very much about having an aesthetic look to your body. And today it's more about the, the health of your body and the health in general. And as people become more aware of that, they're looking, men are looking more for products that are healthy, ecological better for them both externally and internally the thing we all want products that are going to work we don't want a product that just does a function we want a product that's actually going to work if it says it's going to make you wrinkle free it should make you wrinkle free people are very aware about the ecological market and I, i i think it's growing and i think men are much more aware and i can see it here it it's it's changing a lot yeah. What about then in your dream world, let's put it this way, how would the beauty industry and care industry look like in the future? Ooh, <laughs> in the dream world, I think it's educating people that every age and every stage of your life, you can be the best that you are at that age and at that stage. And that products are part of a complete cycle. You know, we can talk about the uh, mind, body, soul. I like to talk about health, wealth, happiness, life, love and passion. Wow. You put them all in a bag and they're all connected. If I want to feel good about myself, I want to look good. I want to have good energy by eating well. I want to have a good mental awareness. So everything is connected. 
in my dream world, products will stop convincing people that you're 55 years old and should look 25 and say, you're 55 years old. You are amazing for your age. And this product will make you feel fantastic at 55. By the way, you're 25 years old and you will look stunning at 25 years old as a 25 year old with this product. That's my dream. Instead of saying, we'll sell you a product that will take 30 years off your life, which you cannot physically do. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of discussion about also terms like anti-aging, because it's not like you can reverse it, but perhaps more healthy aging, for example. Being the best that you can at that stage you are in your life and accepting where you are. And part of that is about the way we market products. Yeah, We market products very much based on the fact that you are not good where you are and where you were is better than where you are and somebody else is better than you and I think those are the things that I hope will disappear in the future. Yeah I have to agree with this one. Where can people uh, follow you and follow Sweden Echo and learn more about? And The easiest is just to go into our website swedenecho.com uh, SwedenEcho.com, sorry, I'm reaching out. <laughs> Just go in, have a look at the website. You can find places to buy the product. You can find links to our Instagram and Facebook and Twitter uh, through the website. Uh, and you can you know, get a little bit more information about the products there as well. Um, and that's, that's the best way to do it. And it's simple. It's a one-stop location where you can get what you need for yourself. Amazing. I will link everything on the show notes as well. So it's easy to click there and go to see more about Sweden Echo as well. But thank you so much for your time and for all the story. I mean, it's an amazing story you have behind and forward as well, I'm sure. Thanks, Satu. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Nordic Natural Beauty Podcast. Make sure you have subscribed or you follow the podcast so you won't miss the coming episodes. If you know someone that would love to know more about the subjects that we're discussing in this podcast, please share this episode. We will keep sharing all things Nordic and natural, such as Nordic skincare tips, insights into the natural beauty industry, and unheard behind-scenes stories. You can follow the Nordic Natural Beauty Journey also on our Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Pinterest pages, simply at Nordic Natural Beauty Awards, and on Twitter at NNB Awards. Until next week, bye-bye!